Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, I have a quick theory on why the Lakers might not be interested in taking on money beyond this year. And uh, then on the tail end of the show, I have a few thoughts to share on Jonathan Sharks, somebody who means a great deal to me and somebody who I will miss insanely. Um, and I'll share why. All right, so I've been kind of curious. The Lakers right now, as we have heard throughout their time negotiating these deals, and some of this is posturing, some of this is, is you know, kind of taken with a grain of salt because you never quite know what's going on here with what the Lakers are prioritizing. But the Lakers keep saying or keep leaking that they want to, you know, maintain their flexibility heading into next offseason um, in terms of cap space. As it stands right now, they'd have uh, about $30, $35 million in cap space. And while that sounds great, and it is a decent, you know, uh, a free agency class, $30, $35 million isn't, that, isn't anything to really write home about. It's not enough to afford a max player. Um, it's not, you especially when you take into account that the Lakers would have to sign the entirety of another roster after using that cap space. It's just, you know, it's 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 the kind of number that sounds good until you really think about it a little bit more. And yeah, that means you can take on money in a trade. You can uh, sign and trade, and 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 you know, you can bring somebody into that cap space. But for the most part, thirty million dollars in uh, terms of or in relation to what kind of money is being spent on players it's just not it's just not a life-changing amount of money or or a roster changing amount of money it is definitely a life-changing amount imagine me sitting here saying 30 million dollars isn't life-changing yes uh it is but in terms of what the lakers would need to do next off season especially if they keep rust throughout this year 30 mil just isn't that incredible and i've been wondering like why does this matter so much well i have a theory everybody ready to talk about luxury taxes those are exciting right yeah let's go all right let's keep this brief so basically the lakers paid taxes the year prior they paid taxes obviously last year chances are they're going to be paying taxes this year which means they are going to be repeat tax offenders now one way that you can reset that counter because essentially what you're looking at is three out of the prior four years is how you either become or remain a repeat tax offender. Well, if the Lakers don't take on um, money that extends into next year and they go into next offseason with cap space, it's not impossible, but given their situation, it would be fairly difficult to become a taxpayer if they were enter if they were to enter next year as um as, as a cap space team. So if they're able to uh by way of not paying taxes that next year and then if they avoid paying taxes the following year, they completely reset their uh tax counter and you avoid progressive taxes which are even more stringent and more punitive than repeater taxes. And, and again, like the reason I bring all this up and we, there's no way to know definitively, 
that the Lakers are operating the way that they are because of taxes. They would never cop to this either, right? Like if, if Rob Palenka was asked about this, if Jeannie Buss was asked about this, she would say she would, they would both give some explanation that maybe alludes to taxes, but probably give some other reason why they would be looking to shed salary. And it would have to do with the flexibility that comes with 30-ish million dollars in cap space, which again, sounds great, but eh, whatever. And, and so if, if the Lakers, and, and this is operating the way that we saw them operate last year, which is they let Alex Caruso walk um, in part because of luxury tax payments, right? They kept, they leaked to anybody and anybody who would report it that Alex Caruso would have cost last year upwards of $40 million had they signed him to that 10-ish million dollar uh, contract and kept THT, um, which, man, it would just be so brutal to be a team that prints money and has a tax payment to have to deal with. Anyway, uh, the and Jeannie Buss has said um, on the record after last year that she did not want to be that kind of expensive, um, that being the $40 million uh, tax bill that they had last year. She did not want to be that kind of expensive and not be a competitive team. So, if you're just kind of adding everything up, one potential theory here, and I'm not saying it is the theory, but one potential theory here is that the Lakers might be kind of looking at reality and saying, we might not be competitive even with LeBron, even with AD, let alone, not just now, but let alone in a couple of years when LeBron James is nearing 40. And why get into repeater or progressive tax territory where those bills just really pile up if you're probably not going to be competitive. So one potential reason, I'm not saying it is the reason, but it, it, I'm also not going to go out and say that this is definitely not what's going on, is the Lakers looking at tax bills if they take on salary beyond Russ's $47 million that he's owed this year and beyond uh, the $47 million that expires this year, if they take on money that extends into next season, that gets them into that territory. And if they're in that territory and they still aren't competitive, that's the kind of situation that Jeannie Buss is on the record for ha having said that she would like to avoid that kind of a situation. So again, I just want to be absolutely clear I'm not saying this is definitely what's going on. I'm not saying this is definitely why they would be doing this, but I would be really interested to see the reporting on, and I am going to do some digging myself, have done some digging myself on this subject, just to see on the list of priorities, is this there? It shouldn't be, but it, is it there? All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Before we get out of here, I want to share some thoughts, some 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 positive vibes. I want to send some love out into the atmosphere uh, to the Sharks family. Jonathan Sharks has been on my shows, whether it was with Locked On Lakers um, or now here at Silver Screen and Roll. He is, I think, one of the most thoughtful NBA writers that we have ever had. He is one of the most thoughtful people that I have ever known or will ever know. 
He is um, just a fundamentally good, decent human being. Um, honestly, in this industry, I'm gonna I'm just gonna be upfront. In this industry, it, this <laughs> this industry isn't exactly known for uh, genuine behavior, right? Genuine love. There is a lot of fakeness to this. There's a lot of veneer to this. Um, it's a lot of people who are trying to, you know, get up. And, and I'm one of them. I'm trying to climb in this thing too. Um, but Jonathan was, I don't want to refer to him as past tense, um, not just because he hasn't passed yet, but because I can't fathom a world without this guy. But Jonathan is one of the best people I know in this thing. Uh, he and I would talk for hours, not just about basketball, obviously. He would come on the show and told a hilarious story about the time that he was playing in a league that was with mostly small people and and uh, showed up and they wanted to check on whether he was he qualified to play in that league and they watched him shoot and they said, oh, no, he's good. It was a hilarious story in, in one of the um, AI shows that he had. He's just, he's a really funny, smart, brilliant, curious, creative person. And all of those things obviously led them lend themselves to incredible success in this, right? He's working for The Ringer, um, has his national column, has his, has his show, uh, his own show. I was trying to get him on here as often as I possibly could. He is just a great um, talent in this. But more importantly than any of that, he is an incredible human being. And he's the kind of person who should have been able to raise his kid for, you know, 50, 60 years and mold little Jackson into... Um, a similarly wonderful human being. I have my own battles with religion. Um, and Jonathan, in a non-judgmental way, would sit there, we would talk about religion. And and he was very religious, is very religious. And he was very open as he went through this about, you know, questioning his own religion, um, which I found lent even more strength to faith and the concept of faith. And um, I'm rambling at this point. I could ramble about this guy forever. I could speak passionately about this guy forever because uh, the longer I talk about him, the longer that um, he he is he still feels like he's around here. The longer I talk about him, uh, the, the 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 more likely it feels like I could shoot him a text or I could send Spotify a text and ask if he could come on the show. And we could chat tomorrow. He, he did his last, his most recent appearance from his chemotherapy ward. Um, and, and, and did so happily. And I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm rambling. Um, I have sent, I, I have retweeted the link. I have quote tweeted the link uh, to the GoFundMe for his family as he is now at home on hospice. Um, I, he, his, his wife and he, have written incredibly eloquently and with just superhuman strength 
on going through this entire process. So if you want to check that out, that link is 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 on my Twitter profile as well, or in my Twitter timeline as well. Uh, but Jonathan, I I can't fathom a world without you, man. Um, I'm going to sign off before I start bumbling and crying like an idiot, but just know um, you are incredibly loved, you are incredibly respected, and you are going to be incredibly missed.